Hi, Vineyard. It's time for announcements. And this week, you get me. First up on the list, we have one more youth. That is our youth group. It's for middle schoolers and high schoolers. It is on January 10th. That's a Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We'll have pizza and games and fun and Bible study and a little bit of worship. All middle schoolers and high schoolers are welcome. Come and join us. We'll have fun. Also coming up, we have a new Bible study that is for couples. And Pastor Fran and Pastor Georgina are going to lead it together. It is called Become Your Best Us Bible Study. And that begins January 11th at 6.30 p.m. Again, that's for couples. And um, yeah, if that's something that would minister to you, why don't you check it out? Last but not least, we have another night watch coming up. We always really enjoy that time together. It's, it's a time of ministry and worship where we come together and listen to the Lord and hear if he has anything to say or if he wants to do anything. So if you would enjoy some time in his presence, a little extra time, that is January 24th at 6.30 p.m. That's it for the announcements for now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. Uh, getting ready to hop in. We've had some fun at worship already today. Looking forward to spending that time with you. Then we're going to end up the year uh, with a little message. I call it the mammon trap. I think it's fascinating. Matthew chapter 6. We'll get back into our other series uh, when, next week. So get a coffee, get comfortable, get your Bible. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. You all sound quite awake. It's wonderful to see your faces and hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and the word this morning. I'm going to tell you what will be attempting to do in case you don't quite recall the flow. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through Bible verse. We'll dismiss them all off to their Sunday school classrooms and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're going to be digging into some really interesting stuff that, um, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. Before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for welcoming us into your throne room, Lord. As we settle in your presence, Help us to set aside our distractions, our worries. We want to be wholly focused on you. Lord, help us to find the full life that is there in that space. With our gazes kept on you. We thank you for this season of joy that we're coming out of. And Lord, we ask that as we move forward into the new year, you use us as continued vessels of your joy. 
You are so, so good to us, Papa. We love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, who gave us your only begotten son to take our nature upon him and to be born of a pure virgin. Grant that we, who are born again and made your children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion. The bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always try to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices and to participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able. This is new name written down in glory. Darkness held me down, but Jesus brought me. 
in your presence. Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught to us, God. Use those words to stir up our hearts towards you. Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you. And we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So happy to see you. Today's true Bible story comes to us from the New Testament book of Acts. Hi, welcome back. And... As we have been learning, right, after Jesus rose from the dead, he spent a lot of time with his disciples, with his friends, right? Teaching them and having meals with them, and he gave them a mission, right? Well, Jesus' friends were back in Jerusalem, and Jesus told them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, right? God was sending the Holy Spirit to them. And then Jesus reminded them of John the Baptist. He said, John the Baptist baptized with water. And Jesus told them, in just a few days, you will be baptized too. Not with water, but with the Holy Spirit. Amazing, right? And then when they were together again, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, are you giving the kingdom back to Israel now, they didn't understand, right, that the kingdom of God is much, so much bigger than Israel, right? Jesus told them, it is not for you to know. And in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, he continued, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amazing, right? Jesus knew his friends would need help, right? They couldn't do it on their own, right? So he sent the Holy Spirit who would help them, right? Empower them to tell everyone all over the world about Jesus. And guess what? Something amazing happened. Right before their eyes, they saw Jesus go up to heaven 
a cloud took him out of their sight. And as they were standing there looking up into the sky, right, two men dressed in white stood by them. The men said, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has gone to heaven. One day he will come back again, right, in the same way that he left. Isn't that amazing, boys and girls? Yes, Jesus left the earth and went back to heaven, but he did, didn't leave us alone, right? He sent the Holy Spirit to help us to do God's work here on earth as we wait to, for Jesus to return and make all things new. What a great plan, right? Great plan? Awesome. All right. Are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, so you will repeat after me. Great, Samantha. <laughs> Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Excellent work. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. Okay, boys and girls, now we're going to pray, okay? We're going to talk to the Lord. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your great mercy, for sending Jesus to save us, and for sending the Holy Spirit to remind us of everything we've been taught, Lord. Help us to follow the Spirit. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Have fun, everybody. Too cute. Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Happy New Year, almost. Yes, almost. One more day of this year. Obvious. I'm stating the obvious. But yes, yeah. Like it's sunny outside. It's sunny outside. Yeah. The sun is hot. <laughs> oh yeah, the sun is hot. Um, as the mm. children all get settled, let me pop that up. That QR code, if you pointed your smart device at it with the camera on, will take you to a page on our website with some helpful links. Yeah. Uh, there's the digital connect card. If you've never filled that out, we'd love for you to fill it out. That's pretty simple. There's the fill-in notes for today. Um, and if you're watching online, there's some slides that I'm doing in today's message that won't show up while you're watching online. So you need to get the fill-in notes and download, down loud, <laughs> download the PDF file that's at the bottom. Or you can get the PDF on the app or on the website. But uh, the back half of this message really sort of needs those slides. They're cool slides. Thank you. Cool yes. slides. So always <laughs> like to hear that. He loves uh, a graph and a so, chart. So get those. Also, there's the listening uh, device thing that you turns yep. your phone into a listening enhancement. Uh, it works really, really well. And translator is on there. Uh, we translate into 30 languages now. So if there's a language you prefer to English, it's probably on the list. 
comes up on your phone, you can read it, or if you have a, your phone, you can listen to it almost like it's amazingly close to real time. So fascinating stuff. That's all going on there. And then two things that I wanted to announce. One, Pastor Georgina and Pastor Fran are starting a group. Uh, it's a five-week uh, small group study for couples called Becoming Your Best Us. Thursdays, 6.30, January 11th, five weeks. It's on the app. Let us know if you're coming. Make sure enough materials or just show up, not this week, but the following week. Should be really good. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, new year. New stuff is coming and we'll be popping up as we go. And the other thing, on my postscript group, we're starting a new Bible reading plan uh, that starts in the morning or in the evening. It starts tomorrow. Uh, we're, it's from Bible Project. I really like it. It has some really hot embedded links to um, videos and blogs that will really help assist in your reading. So if you want to get involved with postscript, Please do that. So I've said all those things. Now, uh, when we gather, uh, we pray for our neighbors uh, to reinforce what we ask you to do every day. Pray for the people who live around you. So let's uh, think about a couple of neighbors and go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. So we're going to do uh, just a one-week message here. So if, you've been, if you're here all the time, you know that we were in a... And we're going to get back to a series called Kingdom Reveal. We're in the first two chapters of Genesis. I'm not done, but... Advent happened, so we put a pin in that, and uh, we're going back to it. And we could have started it this week, but the thing about this week is, this weekend historically has a lot of people not here. And and again, it's it's happening that way. Uh, And so I didn't want to launch back into that series and have a a bunch of people miss it. So um, as I was praying a couple months ago, I felt like I was supposed to do this message, which I call the Mammon Trap. It's one of my favorites. I think it's really helpful. It is very helpful. And uh, fascinating and a great way to present some information from the Bible uh, mm-hmm. on uh, what mammon and who mammon is and how that right. works. So that's where we're heading in just a moment. New Year's is tomorrow. Yay. New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to stop procrastinating. I'm going to start sometime next week. I don't know like, when yet. like house painting? No. <laughs> I, I was going to quit all my bad habits for hmm. the new year, but then, then I remember that nobody likes a quitter. There you go. You are not a quitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Would you please pray for us? And yeah, then will. lead us in the reading of the I Word. Will. I will. On this last day of 2023, let's go to the Lord, shall we? Keep Papa. Lord, we are so grateful for this time together. And Lord, as we transition into 2023, I pray that there would be a soft landing, Lord. I pray, Father, that there would be a lightness of spirit and an ease in 2024 that some of us desperately need. Lord, we just thank you, Papa, for all your wonderful gifts that you give us. Help us to be people that just want to do the next right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? 
The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24, and Steve wants me to read it out of the New King James. 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Blessed be the word of the Lord. John may be seated. So, we're going to take a look at mammon as we jump into today, and what mammon is, who mammon is, um, and uh, th- let me say that that passage was, that verse was very good, because it says you can't serve God and mammon, and it, it's, uh, I think it's a great tie-in back into the series we were in in Kingdom Revealed, looking in Genesis 1 and 2 about the two trees in the garden. And we, you know, we took some time to develop that, and that one of those trees is where we find life, and one tree leads us in the other direction. And that one tree really has us waiting on God to give us wisdom as he determines that we need it, and the other tree represents us deciding we can't wait for God, and we're going to reach out and take what we want. And that's the same idea that's going on behind um, mammon, and what it looks like. Now, uh, in the text that Alice read, uh, it says mammon there. In a lot of your translations, that verse says money, that you can't serve God in money. Um, and mammon is more than money. Which, and, and so because it's often translated money, I, I think people have missed the depth uh, of what's going on in that verse and in our lives. Uh, the verse from the New King James, you can't serve God in mammon. Uh, in the NIV, you can't serve both God and money. So, mammon um, is is not just money. Uh, more than money, mammon wants worship. Mammon, to me, is one of the craftiest of the little E Elohim that we talk about in lots of series here, and that we'll be talking about more. Uh, it's uh, mammon is a is a force, if you would, behind. Um, misappropriated or mishandled or misunderstood money, if you would. It's it's all that we believe falsely that what we believe money represents. Because oftentimes we think that money represents security and freedom and peace and power and position and pleasure. And so it's it's taking the place uh, of what and who God is because in reality it's not money that does those things. It's God. God is our security. God is our freedom. God is our peace, God is our power, God is our position, God is our pleasure. But you can see how crafty the enemy is, mammon is, in that he's made a pretty good shift there for most people, and that most people would say that those things that I just listed are what money gives us instead of what God gives us. And so it it begins to change uh, the way that we think about things, and we will often go after the tree of wisdom, if you wouldn't, grab it for ourselves instead of waiting on the tree of life to, to take the, the wisdom that God gives us and to operate that way. Uh, and so mammon could certainly be evil, but money itself is not. And people will confuse this a lot of times by misquoting a Bible verse where uh, you will often read or see your things where someone has said, well, money is the root of all evil. And that is not what the Bible says. Not, it's close but it's different. What the Bible says, 1 Timothy 6.10, is actually that the love of money 
is a root of all evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And that means what's happened is they've got the idea of money in place where God should be and they think that's what they want and it takes them in a wrong direction and it ends up causing them lots of grief. So understand that the love of money is the problem. Money itself is not uh, evil, it's uh, neutral. It's just a tool. It's what we deal with in our culture these days. It's there. Who... Uh, does money work for you, or do you work for your money in a different way? Like, um, see, if, if and this, this whole message, it's okay to have nice things and all that stuff. I always tell people, though, that is your life structured in such a way that those things are making your life better, or are those things requiring every ounce of your life to try and upkeep and hold on to and make those things happen? And so it's a different way of looking things, and it really has to do with the influence of mammon in our lives. The other thing that money does, especially the way we handle money, it, it reveals your heart. But hear me say this, uh, it reveals your heart to you. God already knows your heart. So it's, but how you handle money uh, reveals your heart to you. And that's important. Where, where are you settling? Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So very important to see that a lot of this that we're talking about is a revelation of your heart to you and and where you're going to find life and peace and be settled in. And that mammon has tried to take that away from God and tried to get it in there and there's no life found in that. It's false uh, life. So um, how do we deal with mammon and what I like to call what I think a lot of people are in is a mammon trap. And again, he's so crafty that a lot of people don't even know they're stuck in this trap. And so I want to sort of talk about ways to recognize a trap and then break free from it. Uh, the other thing that I always approach this discussion with some uh, caution is that um, uh, Mammon will try and convince you that that the motivations behind this discussion are not what they should be. And I'm trying. I want to tell you up front. I'm just going to read some scripture and give you some ideas, and you sort of contemplate and go there. And that's my only hope is that you will work through this with me and sort of get to where we're heading uh, on the whole deal. Okay, so. Here's uh, a little chart, graph. I love making these things from time to time. So what's on there are 10 blocks of 10, okay? 10, ten squares, 10 each. Uh, and what they represent is uh, your income, weekly, biweekly, monthly, annually, whatever. Uh, it's 10 tens, it's 100, it's 100%. That's what the actual number is. That's reality is 100%. It's, that's what you got. Uh, when it's different for everyone, it might change from, but your, your situation, just think of it, 10 blocks of 10, all right? And that's where life happens, is in those 10 blocks of 10. You can't, so I, I, I chuckle when I think about 100%. I used to have a football coach back in high school. I want 110%. I'm like, well, you, you can't get that. <laughs> you can get 100 maybe, and even that's, you know, give me 80. Could you give me 80%? You're probably doing better than a lot of people get, but... You're with me, right? 100%. So that's, that's that. Now, I threw two more up there. Uh, so now there's 12 blocks of 10, which isn't real. 
because it's that's you, you only got ten. But Mammon has stuck these other couple of there. My thing, my opinion, and and here's the trap. As in, in our culture, in this day and age, and it happened, he's, he's got a long game, a long time ago. In the 50s, a little thing saw, called a credit card was introduced. And initially it was pretty, you know, not bad. It was the diner's club was the first one. It'll let you go and eat in restaurants without having cash, you know, whole bunches of it. And, and you paid it every month. It's a little service fee going on for everybody. Pretty, but you didn't have running balances. Well, the people behind those credit cards all of a sudden realized that they were sitting on a gold mine. And what changed in the culture and has changed at this time is a mindset that goes from what things actually cost to what they are by the month. And the monthly payment sneaks its way in. And monthly payments seem like a deal, right? Because, well, well, I, I don't have the money for that, but I've got that much money a month. And we start getting ourselves caught living beyond the 100%, and often far beyond it. We get up into the 120s, if you would, and, and the, the monthly mentality, payment mentality, that's the issue behind it. And again, let me say, nothing wrong with having nice stuff, getting nice things, that's all, but it's, are, are they controlling you, or are you controlling them? And, and so what we, what we need to do, and don't get me wrong, um, the way the world is set up now in culture, like, like, for most of us, we're not going to ever have the money to just go buy a house with cash. You have to have a mortgage, right? That's part of the deal, uh, if you can even have it. So that's an exception to that. But I want to talk about those other things that we might want and, and should have some of, but maybe we don't have to have all of them all the time. And uh, what happens is we get stuck. Now, you only get 10 of these boxes to live in. That's truth. And now we've got 12, and so some of them things are, some of these things are not going to work out. So what we have to decide to do, I don't want to work my way to what's most important, but if I don't go here, I can't get there. My opinion. Because if, if you can't deal with debt, you're never going to get into the spot where you should be. So you have to make a decision to get out of debt. Proverbs 22 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. That slave word is important because, um, when you get into debt like this, you become a slave. And the problem with living that way is you don't get to, you have no options. You have very few options. You, you're kind of just having to do whatever the master wants. And it's a bondage. And if you remember the Exodus theme that we've talked about, God doesn't want his people in bondage. And the Exodus is a picture of him releasing us from slavery and bondage into something else. Jesus is our Exodus as believers. He came so that we could be released from slavery and bondage to sin and death. And yet the enemy, who's still busy, wants you in bondage. And this is one of the sneakiest ways he does it. Because so many believers are still stuck here. That, and, and it just keeps us stuck in, in not experiencing life. See, when you get stuck like that, you lose your ability to make changes in your life. You, like, I know so many people that are stuck in jobs that they hate. Hate. And I feel so bad for people that... Because you spend so much time at work, you shouldn't hate it. It might not have to be your most favorite thing. It is really good. If you get that job, good. You want that job. That you, yay. But it, at least get it to a spot where you don't loathe it. Because if you hate, I just, so many hours hating something. You gotta find a way either to not hate it or make some changes. But if you're stuck over there in the debt 
You can't. You can't stop, learn, change, do any of those things. You just, you're stuck. So you have to make a decision. It has to be a conscious decision. I'm going to get out of debt. I don't want to be in debt any longer, and I'm going to stop keeping myself in debt. So, you know, some of the things that you have to do with that, and, and sort of the big one, I think, is to get on a spending plan. A spending plan? What's a spending plan? Well, there's another name for it, but if I use it right away, you tune me out. I know. It's a budget. Oh, no, budget. No, 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 no. I'm out. See ya. Uh, so I've highlighted more blocks now. You can only have ten. So you've got two of them in the debt, and then you've got these. There's eight blocks, so that's 80%. And I highlight those because 80% is kind of what you need to figure out, what 80% looks like of your income, and you need to live in that because that's more like life because there's something to do with that other 20. Right now, it's stuck over there in debt. So the, the 80 is what it is, and we figure out what that is and, and figure out how to live in it. And if it's not going to get what you need for living, you need to get more money or you need to spend less. So, for, for most of us, easier to spend less. And, and, but that's what you got to do, right? And so you, you need to purposely figure out what's going on with your money. Biblically, Luke 14, 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to do it? you got enough to make it through for the month? For if you lay the foundation and aren't able to finish it, everyone will see it and ridicule you. A lot of these verses are, see those two trees in them. There's wisdom, God's wisdom, and then there's that stuff that we grab that isn't the same thing. This quote is maybe my favorite quote of all time. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I mean it. It was a life changer for me. John Maxwell. A budget tells your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. That resonates with some of you, doesn't it? Because you've had that thought, where's my money go? Do you ever? I, I know. Where's it gone? I had some. I made some. There it was. Where's it go? And knowing where it goes... Is a, and why I think a lot of people are resistant to a budget is when you start seeing where it goes, you have to start making changes, and you don't really want to. Because I, 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 I love the comments that I have with some people. You, you'll have no idea how much I'm spending on lunches out. I said, I bet it's significant. It's, it's like life-changing. Yeah. Anyway, so you, you have to sort of get on a plan, and you have to budget this money with what's going on. And part of it is you need to start attacking that debt with your 80% because it's keeping you from experiencing life and you want to you want to demolish it you don't want any of it you don't want credit card debt the average so I, I, I we did this a couple of years ago uh, I don't talk about money very much so it's been a couple of years um, the average credit card debt in Florida I just looked it up back the last time I did it was 6000 now it's $8,573 that's a number that's very accurate I just looked it up that's the average credit card debt in Florida. The average percentage rate has changed dramatically. It's now 21%. If your credit's not good, it's 29%. Let's say it's 21%. Here's the deal. Here's what, why people get stuck, because it's hard to make this connection. If you had $8,573 in credit card, like the average person debt, and you were making minimum payments, which is what normally happens of $255 a month, which seems fairly significant, at 21%. It's a lot of math, but I like math. And you might think quickly in your head, if you do 250 times 12, it's about three grand a year. 
8,000, three years, I should have that puppy paid off. No, because it's at 21%. You know how long it takes to pay off at a minimum payment? 28 years. That should shock you. That's why they want you in debt. You're, you're in bondage. And if you made minimum payments for 28 years, I promise you, you ain't got nothing of what you spent that $8,500 on. And not only did you pay back the $8,500, you paid back another 14000 on top of it. That's why it's an issue. And, and that's why Mam- Mammon's so sneaky. He's got you convinced that you, you're supposed to live out there. So you get on a spending plan and you say, I'm going to attack that and I'm not going to keep adding to my debt. I'm, just gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore. How do we do that? Well, you have to start to save. So as you work your way out of that mess, and let's get a block of it gone. Let's we pay. Okay, good. We started. We got out of 10 of it. That frees up 10. Um, now I'm going to start saving 10. 10%. I'm going to start saving uh, of my income. And uh, Proverbs 21. It's wise and fool again. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish person devours all they have. Saving is biblical. It's something that you should be doing. And that's just a good, I hope you can save lots more, but save 10. If you're not saving any, something to shoot at. And we, we freed up 10 by going after the debt, right? What do you save for? Well, three big things. You save for emergencies. So a couple of years ago when I looked at the numbers, 40% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency. It's worse now. 60% of Americans can't cover a $500 emergency with cash. Can't do it. Can't come up with 500 bucks. But they got credit cards. Guess what you stay in forever? Debt. Guess, cause, and, and as weird as it is, you, you have to know that it's the enemy at work. As you start attacking your debt, mammon will try and break things. <laughs> and Because and, and, he doesn't want you free. And you can't cover an emergency. What happens? You have to keep using a credit card. You, it's, so you have to really get vigilant and knock that debt out. And then you start to save for emergencies. How much? Well, it depends on your life and what's going on. But, you know, can you... I, and I don't even know, but most emergencies ain't 500 bucks anyway. They're like more. So you, you should be able to save some and then keep that back. This is another big one. Purchases. Things that you want. You have to save for because you're breaking free from that mentality that has impacted so many people because it's very easy when you see something you want. If you have a credit card, you just go bleep. You don't even have to swipe it or you can tap it now. Boop. Mine. Back in the day, we were watching some old movies. They used to take your card and then they'd look for you and check it was make sure it was you and then they'd take the thing. Do you remember those old machines? It's like, like magic now. You know, you, you can do it on your watch. Bleep. Now it's mine. It's not really because you just put it on a credit card. So you have to learn to save for what you want. I just was going through this. We were, we were laughing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be generic. But the, something that I would like to have. I don't need it. Something I would like to have. I've been watching it for a while. Went on sale over Black Friday. Whew, and it was two-thirds of what it always is. Price. That's a nice savings, and I, I and uh, but I, I don't. I have to put it on a credit card. And I could do that. I could pay it off. You know, probably in six months if I get it. You know, I'd make an effort and pay it off. And we talked about it, and we both agreed nice to have, but don't have to have it. And I kept waiting and praying, and it went off sale, and I was like, Hallelujah! <laughs> and then Christmas week, it went on sale again. 
same sail, different time. And I sort of went through the whole thing again. And, and then as we prayed to it, I'm like, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save for it. And six months from now, when I've saved for it, if I still want it, then I might buy it. Here's what I have found over time. After saving the money, money is much harder to spend when it's actual money. Do I really want it or do I want this money? Because I can do other things with this. And it's a life change. But you have to break yourself free from debt. You also have to be saving for your future. We live in a crazy time. You need to get a little money poked away. Um, just so you can, you know, sort of get things going. So you, you begin to save for that. So we've got our 10 blocks. We're getting out of debt. Now the next one is where people sometimes get funny. Because everybody's usually okay with me up till now. Maybe the budget thing, like me. That 10%, the one that's the first one. And normally that's how this is mostly talked about. But I don't think you can get to this first one until you deal with the other ones. Because you only got 10 you got to give. Who got quiet? <laughs> Shh. Pastor, I was with you till then. I'm leaving. And you, I love this passage. This is a, because this is a heart passage. Second Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in here to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And that's where people... So you're telling me, Steve, I'm supposed to give 10%? God suggests it. Cheerfully? Yeah. Cheerfully. Not because somebody made you. Not because there was maybe manipulation involved. Not because you were guilted into it. Because that's how God wants you to live. The biggest reason I think behind that is that God's a giver. And when you can sort of find yourself able to live in that economy, life changes and you become a more generous person. And that's where you find life because that's God's character and you're reflecting it more. I I will tell you, I was very fortunate that when I came to know Jesus back in 1985, I used to run bars and nightclubs. I don't know if you know that. Uh, some of you do, some don't. And I was involved in all kinds of bad stuff um, back then. And I, miraculously, we came to know Jesus, set free of so many things. And uh, I was working Saturday. I worked late Saturday nights and would go to this little, this church, actually, little church, but it was uh, off in a little storefront. And I would show up after working all night, usually didn't get any sleep, go to church. And they would take an offering. And I, I remember specifically, because I worked, I had cash all the time. I worked for tips. And I threw 20 bucks in the plate. Did that first week, second week, third week. But then I was having this relation. God was doing a lot of things in my life, right? And I was reading the Bible and things. And, and there was something I was like, 20, is that what I'm supposed to do? 20, is that? And so I asked someone at church, wasn't the pastor, just somebody at church. I said, this giving thing, you take up offerings, what, what, what we're supposed to give? And they said, it wasn't any manipulation or anything. Biblically, it's a tithe, 10%. Now, for me, that sounded like a bargain, because the devil was getting way more than 10% of my money. Way more. And I was feeling way better than I ever felt walking with Jesus. 10%'s a bargain. You really just 10? Hallelujah. Phew. And we've always done that. I'm very blessed in my Christian life. That's just been first. We do that first. For us, that's how we did it. We had mess. We had debts. We had crap from the... And, but, but freedom came because that's how we started that journey. And then finally, when I was about 50, I figured out how to live on a budget, and everything got better from there. And, and so 
Um, I, but you, if I tell you that you need to give 10%, let's say that, that and you, you're living at 120, and all of a sudden you've got to try and squeeze 10 out of somewhere, Often, you know, what happens is you, people will, they won't buy groceries or something. Or they'll be at Winn-Dixie and they'll be buying ramen, like a cart full. And they'll see me at Winn-Dixie and I'll have a cart full of regular groceries. And they look at me and you know who they're mad at? Don't be, it's not me. It's, it's trying to get you there. So fix it on the other end and then work towards this. I think that's where there's life. And here's how crafty mammon is. This is a stat. I'm not using it to be manipulative at all. In America, only 5% of believers ever get to 10%. 5%. That means 95% don't get to experience what God wants for them. You take that and sort of pray about it. So, so what do you do? Well, give something. Like, and it should be some kind, I think, some kind of percentage. If, you, if 10 like, makes you mad, don't, because a cheerful giver. What can you cheerfully give? Do that. And then as you do that, let it go. If you're so far in debt, just get that, make that your deal. Pay that off, get some money in savings, and then start seeing that, what it feels like to be able to give and be generous, and that it's the best kind of life there is. You, you, the best fun, the most fun you will ever have with money is giving it away. Promise. That's like, you know, at Christmas, like you, you, when you give people stuff, it's fun, right? Mostly. Because it's, it's, that's the heart of God. And so if you can get to that place of freedom, that begins to change everything. But not because you're manipulated into it, guilted into it, because you, you're just kind of kicked back and you trust in God and watch what he does. Because that's how he wants you to live. And the reality is, I said 80. As you move on this, get it down so that you're living in 75% of your means. So you're not right on the cliff all the time. Too many people living on the edge. Like one thing pops them off the edge. Don't. Get, get, your, get your mess taken care of and start figuring out how to live in a budget. And then you get to experience life. And then you freeze up that other five to give or to save or to do something else with. That's all about just experiencing life the way God wants you to. Very biblical you know, verses in there. Much easier to read than they often are to do. But... Uh, that's my heart for you as you kind of enter into a new year. See where you can move and then go in that direction and find life there. Ministry team can have the role. Let me say this too. Um, none of this makes sense without Jesus. Not a thing I've said. <laughs> so start there. If you don't know Jesus, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that's where you begin to find life is, is knowing him and trusting in him and seeing how he moves through your life. Amen. I love that. When you, even if you give a little kid what they want for Christmas, how excited they get that. Yeah, that's great feeling. It's even more so when you can live that way. But this morning as we were worshiping and praying and at this service, I felt like there was somebody crying out to the Lord and you're saying, I'm tired. I'm just so tired. And I felt like the Lord wants to renew you in 2024, whoever that might be for. I don't know if you're online or you're here, but he hears you and he sees you. If you've been in prayer and you've said that, this is just God reminding you he's with you. He's going to renew you and all will be well. 
If you need prayer for anything, our prayer team will be over there in a minute, and we'll pray for your emotional needs, your physical needs, or your financial needs. Amen. Amen. Yeah, a lot of our prayer team, we're kind of really short-staffed today. Short-staffed. I'm going to go stand over there while you finish. Go, go. go. And uh, I'm going right by that one today because that feels manipulated. I'm not going to do that. Listen, you're, you're a generous church. God bless you guys. Just, there's a freedom that comes from being able to walk in it. So take that. Uh, don't take it. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. The prayer team's over there. If you need prayer for anything, these doors will be open for you. Head out. Listen, be safe tonight. Whatever you're doing or not doing, be safe, okay? And uh, have a good time. We'll see you soon. Be kind to one another out there. Bye. Thanks for watching online. We appreciate you guys. You be safe too tonight. And uh, we'll see you next week. Back into our series, Kingdom Revealed, next week. Genesis 1 and 2. You may want to reread them. Bye.